Welcome to Who Are You, a CSI podcast. I am Lauren, and I've seen CSI through and through around three to four times. And I'm Nick, and this is my first time working through these episodes. And today, we are tackling season two. So season two, episode one, Burt. Director is Danny Cannon. Writers are Anthony E. Zyker and Carol Mendelson. Original air date is September 27th, 2001. And Nick, what is your Vegas score for this episode? So I think we alluded to this maybe a couple times at the the last episode, mm. or the, the bonus episode. The We have a new Vegas score for season two. Yes. I thought I was being very clever. It remains to be seen how clever people think this is. Let us know on social media how clever Nick is. So I basically looked at all the data from the previous year and I figured out like a system that would have given us a reasonable distribution of scores in that range. Yes. So I actually like have calculated what the this version of the score would be on the old day, on the old scores if I did it this way. And it's like, oh, okay, that's more like shape-wise what I'm looking for. Like it's it's much more evenly distributed. Okay. But it's a little funny in the sense that the score is a score of 1 to 55. Okay. Which I just which sounds arbitrary, but LV Las Vegas is also the Roman numerals for 55 all right so, okay. so the closer you are to 55 the more the more are. lv you are all yeah, right exactly. i like it uh you get one point if you have zero scenes <laughs> <laughs> because i've just thrown away zero okay all right we're taking no, zero off the table there's no roman numeral for zero okay so what was this episode score i'm actually uh, very curious so we use the same important pieces which is how many scenes we have and how many yep. seconds we have yep we're gonna give three points for every Three scene. Points. Okay. And then we're going to give you one point for every second of that scene. Okay. So we have two scenes for seven seconds. It's works out to a 13. Okay. On a scale one. And if you got over, if some, for some reason we have a tremendous amount of Vegasness and you were to break through 55, you, you can't. LV okay. is the highest you can go. Yeah. And you yep. would just hit that ceiling of 55. I think okay. the, the episode that was the highest last year would have been like 52 or 53. It was really close. Okay. Yeah. So it was like uh, almost, almost there. Yeah. So, okay. uh, and and I don't think we're gonna get anything that egregious again. So I mean, who knows? Um, I don't. I don't think so. Especially, I think you had predicted that this episode would be like really Vegasy. I thought for, it would be. for season two, and like you know, we were in. A, there's several casinos, as we'll get into. There's several casino yeah. shots. Like there, there's definitely some Vegas, but it's. I would definitely would not say that this is the most Vegas heavy episode that yeah. we've covered to date. High on the Vegas theme. Low yes. in sort of the gratuitous Vegas shots. Yes. And maybe that's, uh, maybe there wasn't enough time to fill. Maybe yeah, that's, maybe, maybe that's the real answer is how much dead air. They yeah. Have. How much? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So we have a brand new Vegas score and uh, okay. we're, we're starting off with a 13, which I think will be on the low end, but who knows? Yeah, we'll find out. We'll find out. We'll, we'll keep track. So we see a truck pulling up to the a gate of the house. And as the gentleman exits the truck, we hear some dogs in the background, which Nick has met my Chihuahua. She doesn't understand that dogs on TV are not dogs actually in our living room. So every time that she hears a dog barking on TV, she loses her mind because she's convinced that there's dogs in the living room. So there was several scenes in this that I was like, Gabby, it's okay. There's not dogs in our living room. And she was like, there's dogs in our living room. Where are it, they? <laughs> she put headphones on for watch too. <laughs> yeah, I might have to. She gets so upset. Like I don't, I don't want her to get it so upset, but we're working on it. We're, we're training her. We're training her. So the dogs come through another gate, greet him, and 
they sort of lead this gentleman to the back door. And as he's peering in the back door, he sees a body. A little empty pill bottle next to the body. You can see in that shot. Okay. Okay. A little foreshadowing. Yep. Yep. And so we then have Catherine arriving at the scene. She walks into the house. Grissom is searching. We are led to believe at first, like for evidence in this crime scene. Come to find out he's just helping a detective find his lost contact lens. All right. Can we talk about what the detective does with the contact lens? He just like licks it and puts it back in his eyeball. (laughs) Do not lick things and then stick them in your eyes. Your mouth is not that clean. Well, that and also like what was on the ground? Like you don't know what's on the ground. I'm just like disinfect that contact lens, my friend. Yeah. I actually think that, that the majority of the things on the ground are now in your mouth and that the actual risk to your health is probably more directly tied sorry i'm uh, sorry more directly tied to the stuff that was already in your mouth before you was like yeah, yeah 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 you know what i mean like it's like but you're just doubling down on it right you got the yep. floor bacteria yep. and the the mouth bacteria yep. and that's how you get pink eye yep yep so it's yeah so we learned that this is tony braun's house and we then see jim brass with the body and Catherine and grissom walk in they start talking about how they think it's a drug overdose and how he's been chasing the dragon. And this then moves us to credits. After credits, Sarah's taking pictures at the scene. She finds an earring back. This comes back later. Fun fact. Sarah has, Sarah has a great line, which kind of brought me back, where she wanted double copies of all these photographs she was yes, taking. Yes, yes. reminds me of going to a CVS. And being like, double like, copies, do they- please. Did they go to like a CVS department? I gotta assume they have their own photo lab. I'm sure they probably have their own photo lab. Yeah, I would I would think so. So she finds an earring back, and then they also realize that there is adhesive residue on the victim's wrist, meaning or indicating that he was restrained. And then Sarah points out that there, there's no body fluids. And I don't know this for a fact, but supposedly if you OD, there there's a lot of body fluids that accompany. Yeah, that I, and he there's no no release of body fluids. Yeah, I think uh, the idea is like you probably, well, maybe not probably, but a lot of people have known a friend or a relative to get sloppy drunk and pee themselves or something. Like I think the idea yeah. is that as you get more, like the, the way the drugs are going to kill you, you're yeah, like, like relax your system. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're basically gonna poop yourself or something before yep. before before your heart stops because the heart is gonna be the thing your body tries to keep going longer. Yeah, and so the conversation with Grissom continues, and this is where we realize that they both believe it to be a homicide and not an OD. And Grissom believed this from the very beginning as the TV was on, but this other evidence is what led 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 Sarah to the idea that this was. He never explained that. Know, I think it's probably. You know, you're not going to have something entertaining on. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Because it's not like a suicide. Like, it's not like they the idea was I don't think they ever thought that he OD'd purposefully. You obviously can OD as a means of suicide. Yeah. But I I think it seems that they were leaning towards he accidentally OD'd because he just was a very heavy drug user and just went too far. Yeah. I didn't get it. So, yeah. Like, why wouldn't he have the TV on if he was just like hanging out and like doing drugs? Yep. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I didn't think about that until now. And then I'm like, oh, actually, no, that that does make a lot of sense. Oh, we, I have a note here. We kind of missed it, right? Oh, okay. It was yeah, on the yeah. first scene for the credits. Yep. Uh, I thought there would be more of this. So I made the note when it happened the first time because I kind of predicted this. 
was that they would be like have to reintroduce everyone to you. And yes, a weird yes. thing you thought Catherine yeah, you thought it was in. gonna be like, oh hi, Catherine. Like Well, he says, he says morning, Catherine, and she goes, Morning Gil. Or yeah, or I think or, Gil. I think she does call it Gil. Yeah, instead of Grissom, or yep. does she use his yeah, or does she say both? I don't know. I just wrote Gil down, so I think that's what it is. But I thought, oh, okay, this is the first of many. They don't introduce any nope, other nobody else. Nope. The rest of the episode. Nope. nope. I went up. I, I I thought for a second I was yeah, right. You're like, oh, you're like, I, I'm on to something here. And I was wrong. <laughs> just kidding. So we go outside with Nick with the pups, and Catherine walks up, and we learn that this the gate that the dogs escaped from like the gardener has not seen it open in like the five years that he's been working as a gardener. So it's like very out of place for this gate to be open. Right. So this is like a big, like what's going on. This gate is open, but it also doesn't appear that the gate was forced open. Like they're not seeing any tool marks or anything like that. So it, like, why is the gate open? And especially like without force, why is the gate open? I, I want to say that it, you might want to, I, I don't know if this is going to make the episode, okay. but in our Dungeons and Dragons game this yes. weekend, there yes. was all, before I ever watched this episode, there was a whole thing about there being a gate open and the and, and people saying, yeah, but why wouldn't they, would they have closed it on their way out or why wouldn't yes. they have closed yes. it on we their very, way out? Yes, we were very hyper-focused on like, would they close the gate behind them if they were leaving? And so when the gate was open, all I could think was, why didn't they close the gate? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, maybe I, the dungeon master, if just like a writer of a uh, CSI story, and trying to maybe uh, the CSI knowledge is just like imprinting itself on your brain. And so, but yeah, it's it's kind of funny to have that 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 parallel. Yeah. So we go to Warwick and Jim Brass in the bedroom. This is where they find black tar heroin and a bunch of balloons. We then go to Sarah and Grissom in the kitchen. They're checking the trash. At the very end of the scene, Sarah finds like balled up duct tape mm-hmm. in like a cardboard container of something else. So this comes up again later. Do you in the brass scene, do, do you find that they really went back to brass being a real dick again? Yes. I'm going to mention, I'm going to mention, comes up again, I'm, this yes, I'm going to mention a line, which I'm sure you're going to be like, oh yeah, that, that line. Yeah. He's very <laughs> abrasive. And not in a fun way in this episode. Yeah. I was re-watching it. I was like, I think there was like one moment that, I think this moment, this first moment, like jumped out to me. We were like insinuated that work was like a drug Yeah, that work user. knew about the drugs. And, and like, there's definitely like a racial undertone of work. like, why do you think I would yeah. know? Like, he's yeah, like, I know yeah. about them from like a professional standpoint, because obviously like ODs and drug paraphernalia are part yeah. of like crime scenes, obviously. But then it just keeps. It just he's just he's on edge to Catherine. He's he he makes a uh, later on. He makes underhead comment about a suspect later on, and I was yeah. like, they've really like went yeah, they, full. They backpedaled on like, Jim Brass, and I don't like yeah. it. I don't like it. So well, well, I don't know if that's gonna stick around. I was kind of like, maybe it's the writers this episode. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, these are writers we've had before, so I know. Yeah, I know. Um, but we've had a crappy Jim Brass before. That's true. <laughs> I mean, that is true. I, yeah. I, I mean, I I don't know the data offhand of. Does, does his previous crappy episodes line up with these writers? Yes or no. So we then go to Nick at what I think we're supposed to assume is like the back door of the property. There's a doggy mm-hmm. door there and he's lifting or trying to lift prints from above the doggy door. So he's I thought he was like, going for footprints again. Oh, you're like, I was so come excited. on. You're like, yes, it's CSI. There's footprints. 
But there is, we'll get to it in a little, in a, well, not a little while. I, I think it's closer to the end of the episode, but there is a good matching scene. And I know you love a good, like, oh, yeah. these two pieces fit together. As soon as yeah. it came on, I was like, Nick's going to love this. Matchy. It's a solid match and matching scene. It's also a great, great line by Sarah in, in that scene. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we'll get there. So we go to Grissom with Doc Robbins. And this is where he's repairing his his fake leg. Yes, yes. Which yes. I don't even know if I've seen his fake leg before. He's just had a limp the whole time. Yeah, I don't know if they've like made any like mention of it. I know it's just because like it it, it does like you know it comes up in later seasons, but I don't yeah. think that they've made any mention of it up to this point. Do you know if it's the actor? Yes, he's missing. Oh, okay. he's he's missing half a leg in real life. So. Yeah, I wonder if they were trying to hide it in the first season. This season, they were like, why don't we just have a scene where we set the precedent that he's not injured or old. He has a yeah. missing leg. So he's, and I don't, I don't think I'm wrong here. He is in, oh my gosh, what is the name of the movie? I'm going to have to Google it if I can't remember it. What's the movie? I just watched it not that, Tell me not that long ago. Huh? Tell me what it's about. The is, it name is, Tro- is it Starship Robert Troopers? David it might be Starship Troopers. Oh, I thought it was going to be a much more recent movie. No. So he's in it. He is in it. He is. And like, there's a scene that like, either they show his leg, like, you know what I mean? Like he's, he's like an amputee in that movie. He's a recruiter. Oh my God. I know who you're talking about. Yes. That's him. I realized that was him. I'm pretty sure that's him. I'm pretty sure that's him. So. Yeah. He's recruiting sergeant. Yes. I was going to say, I was like, I think he's a, he's a recruiter in that. So we learned in the scene that. The victim took his drugs up the nose. He did He did not use a syringe to make it work. I always wondered which one of his coroners would get to carve Tony. His lifestyle was no secret. Sex, drugs, and a big bankroll. No needle marks on his arms. The guy plays golf. short sleeve shirts. Check between the toes, groin area. Whatever he did went up his nose. Nasal cavity looks like raw hamburger. There also are possible pressure marks around his mouth. We're not like Doc Robbins is 100% sure about this, but he says that's a possibility for what they're seeing around his mouth. Mm-hmm. He also has like these strange circle marks on his chest, but Doc Robbins has no idea what they are. Yeah. I At first remember. he says like, oh, it might be from like the EMTs performing CPR. Yeah. And they're like, they didn't perform CPR. And he's like, all right, well, then I have no idea what they are. And they're kind of insinuated to be hickeys in like the earlier scene. Yeah, it was a little weird. Like, it's love bites. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is not what they end up being. So we then go back to the house and a woman with a camera approaches Jim Brass and Catherine. This is when we learn this is the victim's girlfriend. Uh, we learned later in the scene her name is Janine, but it's just easier to call her Janine. So we learned that this is his girlfriend, Janine. And this is the line that stood out for me with Jim Brass, where I was like, dude, so she's an ex-stripper. So he's like, oh, yeah, she's an ex-stripper. He's like, you know, kind of degrading her for that. And then he looks at Catherine. He's like, oh, maybe you you you, you met you in a professional. Off. Yeah, yeah, he's like, maybe you maybe you met in a professional capacity. Yeah. What, sir? Don't talk like that. Super rude. You want to talk about professional capacity? You are not operating within a professional capacity right now. Like, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, it was really like these are like your friends, or they were at the end of the last season. I don't know what happened here. Why you're being a dick to everybody? Yeah, yeah, I I don't understand either. So we then go to Catherine in a casino. She goes up to a counter and asks for Sam Braun. 
there's a bit of like an exchange where the woman's saying like he's not taking any visitors, but then he ends up walking over and they hug, they walk through the casino as they're walking through the casino, his son approaches and they have a bit of an exchange about. So keep an eye a, on them. I'll spot the, the guest star. All right. Ooh. Sam Braun. Yes. Is Herschel from the walking dead. Who okay. is Maggie's dad. I think. I've only I saw like a few uh, episodes of The Walking Dead. And yeah, he's like he's in like he's in like one one. I think he's in two seasons. Okay, he's in a lot of episodes, and I didn't know it until he started talking. And then you were like, "Oh, and that I was voice!" Because like, he has like a big beard or something in The Walking Dead. Yeah, he's which very, would make sense. Yeah, very yeah, clean. Yeah. And he's also probably twenty years older, or fifteen. 20 yeah, I mean, it would, yeah, it would probably be like ten or fifteen years. Yeah. But yeah, I did I did confirm it. I did look it up. Oh, that's awesome. His name is Scott Wilson. Is the actor? His name. Okay, yeah. so. He was in a bunch of stuff when he was young that I don't know about, but yeah, but you know him from The Walking Dead. Okay, well that's awesome. Well, I will, I will. Here's a little spoiler alert. Not the last time we're going to see Sam Braun. Uh, I also learned that from the IMDb page. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I was like, not the last time we're going to see quite, him. Quite a few episodes. Quite a list. few episodes. Yes, I was like, he he sticks around for quite a while. So Catherine and Sam end up at a table in the casino. He's telling Catherine this quarterback story about how he, you know, watched a quarterback like sling down all these drinks, so he bet against him, and then the quarterback ended up. <laughs> Throwing six touchdown passes, this, which I think is actually based on a true story. This scene does not make any sense. They've definitely cut something. Here. They cut something out because, like, then Catherine's response to it was like about yeah. his son, and I'm like, but the story's That's not so about Tony, his son. She says, yeah. and it's about him. He said it was me. He said it was 1967. Yeah, he was like 20 yeah, years old in was, Buffalo, New York. Yeah, and I think that they 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 merged two things together. Yeah, and they cut it out. But I thought storytelling is important. It kind of comes up. At the very end of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. So they also talk about Janine and how Sam does not like her. He thinks that she's the worst and she's a gold digger. And once the gold is gone, she's going to go after the silver, which again, listeners comes up later. I'm not sure. Yeah. I guess the implication is he knew that. I actually, when I first saw this scene, that, Thought he was implying she would go after the brother. Oh yeah, like since the gold like, brother is out oh, of I got the way, the she's gonna brother. Go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I'm gonna go after like gold, silver, bronze, kind of like that. Kind yeah, of yeah, 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 yeah. Nope, nope, not quite what they were referencing to. So we have a quick scene with Grissom in the lab with the pill bottle trying to lift prints, and then he and Catherine are looking at those prints and come to find out all the prints on the pill bottle, the Xanax bottle, are Janine's. Yep. So wompity womp womp for Janine. Then there's a Grissom and Warwick walk and talk. They're, you know, they're in the hallway talking about things. I, did, I didn't put down exactly what. Sorry, listeners. And then Sarah walks by I, with. Uh, oh, go ahead. I was trying to see if I can remember because it's some sort of piece of evidence. Yeah, because then Sarah walks by out. with evidence as oh. well. She walks by with a tape and is like, yeah. I'm going to put this in the freezer. So. Um, Warwick lifted prints from the balloon and they belong to a drug dealer who will yes, thank then you. later meet. Yes, which is also a very weird scene. So <laughs> it's just so strange. So then Grissom and Nick are in the kitchen. There's an odd exchange. I feel like this is a weird Jim Brass episode. I also feel like this is a weird Greg Sanders episode where they just like... He's- pigeonhole him into random spots to have him be part of the story but it it doesn't flow well with the rest of the episode so there's just like this random moment where grissom's going to get coffee and greg sanders gets all upset because it's like his special stash Mm -hmm. of coffee and then grissom's like well too bad it's my water which no it's not it's the town's water like it's not it's not your water yeah also it's the same water everywhere 
Yeah, so stop. And then, but then the more important part of the scene is that Nick's kind of like messing with his leg and we learn that, you know, something must have bit him in the yard at the crime scene and Grissom, being the bug guy, identifies it as a chicker bite, which I've had these and they are very uncomfortable. So I do feel for Nick because I used to, these these little critters used to live oh, really? in my backyard at my old house and it was awful. So what is a chicker? It's almost like a flea. Like it's similar to a flea. It's not a flea, but it's like similar to a flea. But they tend to like they tend to be on the ground, so they tend to bite around like your ankles. I I it's don't know. Very annoying. I I don't know that I've ever seen one. Also, I think they're really small. Like I don't think like you know what I mean. I'm, I'm I think you can see them with the naked eye, but I don't. They're not like they're not like giant ticks. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they're not huge insects. They're pretty small. Also, I think I may have missed a spot the guest star. By the way. Oh, all right. I think the the son, the second son. Walt? Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I recognize his IMDb photo. I, di- I didn't recognize him during the episode. Okay. Okay. So but, it doesn't count because uh, we got to recognize during the episode. But he is, I think, been in quite a few things, including things that I've watched. I, but so, yeah, it would be interesting if you're listening to this and you were like screaming when I said, yeah. oh, there's a spot the guest star. And the they're father, like, oh, it's obviously Walt. <laughs> it's, it's this other guy. And maybe not. Like, he's not in that many things. I don't know why. I think I... Yeah, why looks familiar. Him. He's probably in one thing that I know very well. Okay. But he was in also, as most actors, he was in several episodes of Star Trek here and there. Yeah, well, okay. Yeah. So then we do Grissom and Catherine with Doc Robbins. This is where we learn that the drugs in his system were in, well, part of them were ingested, which doesn't really make sense. I mean, the Xanax does, but the other drugs doesn't make sense that you would ingest them. Doc Robbins also thinks that the Xanax was dissolved in red wine, but that he took no more than 50 pills. So it's not quite the dosage that they were expecting if he had, in fact, OD'd. Like, DOD was the cause of death. I feel like they wanted to do something with this part of the story. And, that they and then never, they didn't really. They know. never got to. Yeah. yeah. Which was that like, you know, this notion that like they were going to use the differential to be like, oh, well, it it was probably somebody else because that was like all the pills that were left. Like they were just using all the ones that were in the bottle. Yeah. Yeah. So then we, then we go to the scene with Jim Brass and Warwick with the drug dealer. And evidently this guy gets immunity for reasons I don't understand did he say that i don't think they said that but like he's just like he's just given up the details like he has yeah. like no problems he, here he is a drug dealer to like a major casino player and he is singing like a canary when the cops come up to him so yeah they're like i could bring you in on like something about your eyes and then he's like oh just tear it up because i lost a customer but then he just proceeds to tell them tell them everything like, basically like say out loud that he is a drug dealer and yeah. sold those drugs, that yeah. black tar everyone yeah. to that guy yeah. who is now dead. And all I could think is like, what? Yeah. It, it was very strange. The, some of the, the interesting points that come out of this conversation is that Janine did not like immediately leave when he get got there, which is what she had told the police that she had immediately left. And the drug dealer's like, no, she didn't immediately leave. And that she also tipped him. So she was trying to make a scene like, oh, I hated his drug dealer. I hated that he did drugs. And I, I left as soon as the drug dealer got there. And the drug dealer's like, no, she hung around and also what? gave me money or gave me Xanax. Yeah, drugs. That's what it was. She gave him drugs. So she gave him, there was an exchange of drugs happening. Yeah. So she gave him drugs. So then that transitions us to Jim Brass and Catherine with Janine, who 
had a bit of an accident and dropped the Xanax down the sink. Yeah. Another great question I had here was like, it's not like anyone's been in the house. Did anyone go check the trap under the sink? Yeah, to see if like... I mean, it's probably dissolved, but it's just going to be laced with Xanax. (laughs) Right, right. Just don't run the water. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So this is also when they're trying to get contact information for her friend, quote unquote, but her friend is incommunicado. So this comes up again later. We then have Grissom walking uh, into a testing area with Greg Sanders. And I thought you would appreciate this, Nick. He's very upset that it's been 24 minutes and he hasn't gotten his results yet. Oh, yeah. When in real life, it probably could possibly take days to get these results. But in CSI Crazy World, Grissom is very angry that it's been 24 minutes and... Greg Sanders has not produced the blood results that he wants. But don't worry, as Grissom's standing there, results come in. And this is where we learn that neither the heroin or the Xanax were lethal amounts. Like he could have been walking around with that amount of drug in his system and been okay, especially for like a seasoned drug user. He would, he probably would have been fine. Which I think is important that like, there's like a combination of information here they don't hit on, but it's the idea that like there's still a lot of drugs in his stomach. Yes. And and so they haven't all gotten to his bloodstream yet. No. Not that 50 Xanax won't kill you. Yes. Yeah, please, audience, don't take 50 Xanax to try to find out. Please, yeah. please do not. I mean, just generally don't take Xanax in general, but... Definitely don't take 50 of them. So recreationally. I mean, if you really have a something your doctor wants to take it. Yeah, or, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> I'm not gonna, we're not weighing in on the qual- the quality of the uh, usability of drugs for their intended purposes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, you know, recreationally, may- maybe don't dabble in that one. So Catherine and Grissom are with a dummy. And this is where we work through that the lungs were compressed and most likely someone was kneeling on the victim's chest, which I guess is called being burked. So they, or did I bur- miss something? Yes. The, the, in between. Grissom went on this whole diatribe uh, about okay. the Scottish guy who used to get people drunk, kneel on their chests or to suffocate them. Yeah. And then sell their court cadavers to a medical uh, school. Okay. okay. And he was caught because one of the people studying at the school. Yeah, it, was it was like his their fiance, fiance right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Ended up so on the So his lap. name was Burke. Yeah, so, so that's where that's the idea was from. saying he was Burke. Yeah. yeah. Which and is the name of the episode. Then they, uh, Grissom gets a staticky call from Jim Brass, who is out in Blue Diamond. Yeah. Which brings us to a bunch of cop cars I, flying through the desert. Should I know where that is? is I have no like, idea. Okay, I don't have. I don't have any clue. I've I've been to Vegas many times. I've never seen or heard of or been to. Blue yeah, and so this brings us to a guy digging. We end up learning his name is Kurt, and I I'm not gonna say this is spot the guest star because I couldn't say where he's from. But this this actor is definitely a that guy. He has been in. So many things, almost nothing, a ton of episodes, but he has been in so many shows in like one to three episodes. So many shows. Like I was looking through his IMDb and I was like, oh my goodness, you've been in so many shows. So he, I couldn't like pick out. Frederick Lane. Frederick Lane. I couldn't pick out where else I recognized him from immediately. So I'm not going to say spot the guest star, but he's definitely a that guy. He has been in a A bunch of of things. So many things. And 
he's letting them know that Tony told him to dig. Like, if anything happened to him, go ahead and, and, and dig this up. And we realize that he has duct tape in his truck. And then Grissom and Catherine go down into this basement, what he was trying to dig up. And it's full of silver. So our gold digger was actually legitimately digging for silver, not figuratively digging for yeah. silver. So, Although arguably like her own. Yeah. 50% of it, I guess. Her yes. own silver. Yes. According to, if, if the will is as she's stating it to be, then yes, 50% of it is hers. So we go to Sarah investigating the tape. She finds a print. Warwick walks in with the tape taken from the truck, and this is where we have our nice little matchy-matchy scene. Yeah. So they make a match to one of the rolls of duct tape taken from Kurt's truck to the piece of duct tape that was around Tony's wrist. This roll of duct tape. It's just... I need more backstory on keeping three rolls of duct tape attached to a random piece of like clothesline in your truck. Yeah. And why... A person would take one and then put it back. Well, they put it back to frame him. <laughs> oh, is that what you think? Yes. Oh. We'll get. We'll why, get there. We'll get there. You... We'll get there. We'll get there. I think it may, it'll make more sense to talk about it when the reveal happens versus talking yeah, about it yeah. now. I don't think I I ever considered that as a possibility. Okay, yeah. Yeah. It was put back to frame him. So. We then go to Jim Brass. Oh, you said that there was a good line in this scene. Yeah, he matches like the first. So, so again, me getting excited with the matchy matchy scenes. Yes, yes. Work matches the first role, and it doesn't match, mm-hmm. and he's mm-hmm. like really disappointed. And Sarah goes, goes, "Hey, if you're gonna hit a home run, would you rather hit it at the bottom of the ninth, or the top of the fourth, or something? <laughs> which <laughs> maybe she's at the bottom of the fourth? I don't know, because you can't." You yeah. only ever hitting yeah, yeah. In, in one of those, but I was like, "Oh, so you're basically just telling us it's the third roll." <laughs> yeah, you're like, "Oh, you're just you're just letting us know we're gonna have to." But do... it's, also, it's it's a great line. It's true. Like, I mean, yeah. it's yeah. it's far more memorable to have like a walk off home run and, and win a game than it is like to just have a home run earlier on. Yeah. So we have Jim Brass talking to Kurt. We learn that he used to be involved in drugs. He's not involved in drugs with anymore. He was telling Tony to get off the drugs, but he knows about the vault because he built the vault. And they're having a lot of conversations about like him being at Tony's house. And he's saying that he's never been there for like work purposes. So he wouldn't have brought duct tape with him, but he's been there to like hang out with him because it's his friend. And they're basically like, well, we might have some evidence that, you know, you did bring duct tape into the house. So the speed of we're out in the (laughs) middle of the desert. We have this guy downstairs. He's shown us the silver. We've rushed rolls of duct tape back to a lab, had them matched it all while we're still hanging out down in the basement. Yep. CSI magic. CSI TV magic. Teleporter. Yep. Yep. So this brings us to a detective and Catherine at an apartment, which we learn is Kurt's apartment. And then crazy enough, who's in the shower slash the bathroom? Janine. She's going to stay somewhere. Uh, going to stay somewhere. Yep. Won't get out of her 50% ass. Then we go to work on Sarah with Mandy. And this is where we learned that the print that Sarah lifted off the tape is not Kurt's. And they don't know whose it is. So it's it's not Kurt's. And they also aren't able to match it to like any of the other prints that they currently have on file. Warwick is unnecessarily mean to Mandy in this scene. Yep. 
I, I'm like, are you taking lessons from Jim Brass? Are you are you projecting what Jim Brass has has done to you onto somebody else? Don't don't put Jim Brass's nonsense on anybody else. Warwick, be a better person than that. Don't take after Jim Brass. Then Nick gets his doggy door prince. There is a match. They match Walt Braun, the brother. Dun, dun, dun. Which they have his prince because he's involved in gambling. Yes. I guess. Yes. So we go to Catherine and Grissom talking about Walt Braun and just kind of how strange this investigation is 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 turning. And Jim Brass walks in and lets them know that, you know, Janine, Janine got around. So she yep. was with Tony and she was also with Kurt and, you know, maybe with other people too, but definitely at least those two. And that brings us to Kurt's wife bailing him out with a check. Yep. So there's you know, a bit of an altercation in the hallway between Janine and the wife and Kurt says that he's going to stick with the wife, but he, he might change his, he might change his mind. I, I think it's too late, man. You, you had your, you, you can't ditch uh, Janine like that and then try to go crawling back to her. I don't know. Janine seemed to be like, yeah, you'll call me. Like, don't worry about it. Yeah. So Grissom and the detective are then with Walt. And this is where we learn that something bit his leg crazy enough and grissom gets him to agree to take to let him take a photo for his bite collection i was thinking about this whole don't talk to the police mantra yes we have a very we have a very strict get a lawyer don't just don't just like willy-nilly talk to the police now usually rich people you know, their parents will get them a lawyer very quickly. Yes. But I think that it's a certain level of like unapproachableness. Like you don't like the dad doesn't think the son was involved. No. So like no, we're no, under no. investigation. They're just talking yeah, yeah. to you know, the way that yeah, yeah, yeah. they're talking. Or he to might him. not even have told his dad that like they were gonna talk but, to him, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And so and so that makes sense. And I was also at first time I was like, Why are you telling them like more details and then he's like evidence of these trigger bites and i realized oh just like nick he doesn't actually know where these came from yeah he doesn't know that they he, came from the he yard. hasn't yeah, yeah he hasn't pieced that together yeah, yeah so that's why he's so like free with the information yeah because he's like, not making the connection yeah he so think anything of it we then go to jim brass eating with the team like the entire team they're in the kitchen they're talking motive and this is where we learn that Tony did, in fact, change his will to benefit Janine, which does not benefit Walt. Nope. So pretty clear motive as to why his brother might be involved because this is, of this will change. This is so weird, too, because like your brother, who is of a similar age to you, like he's getting all of his dad's stuff. But like you, you really want your dad's money. You don't want. You don't want your dad to have to die and then your brother to have to die for you to get stuff. True. But I mean, this was I have to wait for dad to die. And then even when he dies, he was going to get nothing. Right? Yeah, he was going to get nothing. Yeah. But so then it'd be like, yeah, Janine's getting half of my brother's stuff. But like you like where you got a plan to kill your brother the day after your dad. died. Right, right, <laughs> That's right. the part there. It's kind of like, yeah, maybe. you're like, oh. Maybe. I mean, if you're open to killing him at one time, you're open to killing him at any time, I guess. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So they also, this is where they talk about that they they need to do more follow-up work on the earring, the earring pack. So this brings us to Catherine and Grissom with Janine, and she lets them know that she doesn't wear studs. 
She's a dangly, she's a dangly earring type of gal. She's a chandeliers. Chandeliers. And we also learn that she does not allow any other women in the house because Tony had a wandering eye and the maid was not allowed to wear jewelry. No, no. Well, yeah, she said no, no makeup, no jewelry over 50, no English was like the requirements for the maid. And we also learned that the day that Tony was murdered was her own. Is it like is her day off is her only day off. So there's something very clever about that piece of information. They don't visit. They don't follow up on. There's no like, oh, yeah, we coordinated this to make sure it was the day the maid wasn't there. Yeah. But like you could very easily know, oh, my brother maid isn't there on Sundays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's home. He's watching football. One day she doesn't come. And you could know that fact. But you would never know his gardener's schedule. Right. Right. And yeah, and, yeah. and that's why the like the gardener was there, but the The Gardener the was a wild wasn't. card. So we then go to Catherine and Grissom with Greg Sanders. Confirmation that the earring is not Janine's, like the DNA doesn't match, it's not hers. And this is where they start to wonder, well, who's the other woman in the story? Oh, Kurt's wife. So we go so to the interrogation room. In the picture. Yeah, we go to the interrogation room with uh, Catherine and Grissom, and she has pierced ears. She's trying to say she doesn't wear earrings, and they're like, your ears are obviously pierced, and they would close up if you hadn't worn earrings in a while, and they're not closed up. So I've stop. never had a piercing in my life, and this is something I know about piercings because it it's like one of the most common things to know about piercings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have to have a piercing to know that, yeah, like the hole yeah. closes up if you don't use it. So, yeah, I mean, I used to have a lip ring. I used to have my belly button pierced. I can't really tell it's very, anymore. It's very that uh, those things turn, were done. turn of the millennia. Oh gosh, the yeah, belly yeah. button pierced. Oh yeah. I, was, I hope that comes back. You know, just. I mean, I'm not going to do it again. I'm not. <laughs> I am not at the age that I want to be showing my belly button yeah. off and anymore. I, but it comes back in the. I like. I like it when weird thing, esoteric things from my childhood come back. Yeah, around come back to around generations. Yeah, yeah. Because because then I like. I just like to know that everyone is stupid. <laughs> And, yeah, we're we're all done. All, and none of us are cool. <laughs> yeah, no, no. So this is where we learn that they're able to connect her to the crime because they lifted her thumbprint from the check. Yep. So that and, and it's her print on the tape. It seems fair game, but also I don't know if that's how bonds tend to work. I guess the bail bondsman's check would be the one she would really write because normally you go to a bail yeah, bondsman, yeah. pay 10% yeah. and then yeah. And that would happen. But I also think how many people have also touched this already? Like, Yeah, I yeah, you would think there would be like smudges of so many prints all over this check. But evidently they were able to lift a perfect thumbprint and, off of the check. And they also didn't cash it? Evidently not. They don't care that much about the money. His bond <laughs> must have not been that high. So we go to Jimbrass and Grissom with Walt. And he tells the scorpion and the frog story. Which also another, I don't quite get who he was talking about like who is the story supposed to be about so the the whole scene right so she the the scene before she is first like i'm not going to talk to you which you know right great don't talk to the cops yep she doesn't have a lawyer there like she's by herself yep then they imply that she's cut a deal and then apparently they don't show us but 
I think the idea is that she tells the story. Yes. I think the, that would be my the, understanding. The scorpion and the frog idea is that like she betrayed they're, him. They're going down together, right? Like yeah. She's still yeah, yeah, going yeah. down too. Yeah. It's like, why did you sting me? Now we're both going to die. Yeah. And it's like, okay, right? we're why both, did, that makes why sense. did you okay. tell them? Now we're both going to go to jail. Yeah, now we're both going to go to jail. But then I didn't yeah. know if it was like the more like, or if it was supposed to be him and his brother, or if it was supposed to be both. Like, why? Like now that you've killed your brother, now you two are going down. Yeah, yeah. And it so, could be both. It could be either. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, I had that same question, and I was like, yeah, I'm not sure if it's supposed to be the the wife because they're partners in crime here, right? Yeah. Or if it's supposed to be his brother because the scorpion and the frog don't have a close interpersonal relationship, right? The way him and his brother do, and that's very similar. Like she, he doesn't have a close relationship with Kurt's wife. You know, right. she's just a stranger, and they're. And they're and they're in they're trusting one another and now they're both gonna die. Yeah. And that segues us into the next part of this section where Walt tells them the story of how they meet because they're like, How did the two of you get connected? And it's basically the wife was at the casino and he walks up to the bar and she's standing there drinking and she's staring at can... her husband and Janine and Walt thinks Walt's like, Oh, you're checking out my you know, my brother's what do you call trophy. her? Trophy. And she goes, oh, no, I'm checking out my husband's bimbo. And then he's like, oh, I'm Walt. And I know he said, again, let's talk about this a little bit later. Why are you telling this to the police for free? Yeah, again, just giving it up. Again, he has no lawyer there. Like, he's just in a jail cell singing like a canary. He hasn't even been booked yet. He's just in the holding cell. Right? Yeah, just in the holding cell, giving it all up. And I don't know if it's the scene or the scene before, but they basically referenced that they came together to solve both of their problems, right? Yeah. So the wife wanted to punish her husband and Janine for, you know, cheating on her, you know, having an affair. And Walt was angered his brother about being cut out of the will. And so they oh. basically were both getting what they wanted. So I think the idea was that they were going to frame Janine and Kurt, or at the very least frame mm-hmm. Kurt. But I think like if they also frame Janine at the same time, great. And then they didn't really Walt, do a good job. And then the Walt, part. and then Walt would like get basically all of Tony's will. Yeah. They didn't do a very good job of the framing part. Like they never like pushed the police in that direction at all. No, no. Yeah. But I think that's what they're like. That's what they're inferring is that yeah. they were just, they they kind of wanted to. Maybe this frame. was a two parter and they cut it down. Yeah, it's, it, it, this was a bit of a choppy episode. So we then go to Catherine with Sam Braun. And he says that he committed the cardinal sin, that he loved one son more than the other. So, like, he's basically blaming himself for all all that has occurred in this episode. Yeah. There's also, there's this whole thing that happens with Sam and Catherine. And they, they try to, they try to make you think that they dated or something. They try to make you think on. that he met her at the strip club. Yeah. That's what they, that's what they're trying to, ha ha, you, you didn't is have that, any like, clothes on, you yes. were a baby, like, I was like a term of endearment, no, as see, opposed I think to when a she physical said the, baby. I think when she said the baby part, oh, she she meant it. I know, but the audience wasn't supposed to know that yet, in the first scene. Yeah, I guess in the first she scene, was, yeah. She was like, yeah, I was a baby, like, I was 16 and you were 55. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, or, yeah, or yeah. I guess 18 and you were like 55. And in this, we find out, no, 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 she was a literal baby. She was a little, six, yeah, she was six, six months, months old. old. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and and I was like, oh, I see what you did there. I, I actually didn't really catch it the first watch through, but when I saw that scene again in the second watch through, I went, oh, like, oh, that's what they were saying because they because I really I didn't quite. I think I just assumed like, sure, okay, fine. She knows this guy. He used to, you know, 
like his like his son you know he likes strippers and yeah 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 yeah, yeah, but come to find out that's not how they know each other they don't say how he met Catherine's mom though there's there's plenty of Samaron episodes to to come (laughs) to see if Catherine's mom was also in the family business or as in she was a CSI no, she was not a CSI. <laughs> that that I can assure you. Her mom was not a CSI. But there's okay. we, we well, come back around to Sam Braun quite a bit. So does Catherine's mom ever make an appearance? Yes, she does. Oh, that should be yeah. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, she does. So I figured if he's coming back, that might be on the table. Yeah, yeah. So we'll so we'll see. But Nick, what did you think about this episode? I this is a rare occurrence where I think I was lower on the episode the first walk watch through and the second walk through, I was like Oh, it's not that bad. And I had bumped it up. I'd still like I had it like on a scale of like one to one to one to five magnifying glasses. We'll give yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll give it a three. Yeah, you know? Yeah. It was it, it definitely had like some some flies. It wasn't overly compelling. Like I No, I agree. I feel like they didn't really like you know, it didn't have any like a lot of like the normal things that make me think like I don't like this episode. But I just like it was like half interesting story wise. Like yep. the story was like half interesting. Yeah. And like some of the characters were just like, what is going on? Like they just like throw Kurt in there out of nowhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he comes in at a weird time in this episode. The wife, they just kind of throw Like you don't know. There's no way you would ever even have an idea. No. Of who if, else the coach would be to almost the episode. I was going to say, if, if we had kept our format where like oh, halfway yeah. through the episode, you had to like make a guess about who the killer was. Like there's no way in this episode you would be able to guess who the killer yeah. was. I don't know how I would guess anyone, but like Kurt at that point. Right. Being, yeah. 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 That's the, yeah, that's, but I, it was bad. I mean, I watched it the second time and I was like, this is a lot easier to watch. I think I was a little really tired when I watched it the first time. And so I was kind of yeah, like, that could definitely affect it. down on it. And then today I watched it again and I was like, this episode is better than I think I thought it was the first time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I was like, yeah, look at this. This is like middle of the road. Yeah. I, it's okay. I think as I mentioned, it's, or as you mentioned, and then I agreed with, it's not a great Jim Brass episode. It's not, it's a weird Greg Sanders episode. It's a weird, a lot of, people yeah there's a lot of oddness like warwick being randomly mean to mandy i'm like what where is this coming from there's like no need for this sort of hostility in the workplace again with like whether it's just a long episode that got cut down like a long film yeah i mean it definitely this episode felt choppy like there definitely feels like they cut things or they they edited it in a way that didn't make the most sense. Yeah. I, think I think this could have been a much the, smoother episode than it was. Yeah, I think a lot of the character moments were kind of cut from this episode. It was almost a lot of storyline and only have one storyline. Yeah, I was going to say, and, and it's a one storyline, which we all know, mm-hmm. not my favorite. Yeah, not and, my you could, and they weren't all that busy. Like, they didn't, it's not like everybody was doing a lot. No, I think this this could have been one that you probably could have fit in. I mean, but everybody was working on it. Everyone had the yes. Everyone was an active participant in this case, which I I do appreciate. So yeah, I would say this is probably middle of the road for me as well. Mm. But next week we will be back with season two, episode two, chaos theory. In the meantime, you can find us on Facebook at Who Are You Colon a CSI podcast. Uh, we're also on Twitter slash X, Instagram, and Threads at Who Are You CSI Pod. You can also email us at whoareucsipod at gmail.com. And otherwise, we will see you next week. No spoilers. No spoilers. <laughs> <laughs>